I want to continue to preach today on Pentecost. By the way, that was Rebecca's last uh, worship uh, leading for a while. I, it's kind of obvious why, but um, babies uh, on the way, church growth, amen. So I want to continue to preach on Pentecost uh, uh, today. And as I've said, it's not just a topic for one Sunday a year. It's an important topic, important enough for Jesus to say, wait, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Acts chapter 1 verse 4, do not leave Jerusalem. Don't start nothing. Don't do nothing. Friend, I want to tell you, you cannot do the Christian life without the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for that one person back there. I said, I, I said you cannot do the, if you're going to try and do the Christian life on your own, it's going to be a struggle. We're not designed to do it on our own. That's why Jesus said, wait, do not leave Jerusalem. Don't start nothing. Don't do nothing. But wait for the gift my father promised. Because here's what happens. You will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Pentecost power was important then and I want to tell you it's important now for our lives. You and I desperately need the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us. As I said, if we're to accomplish what God wants us to do because we cannot do it in our own strength. I'm not just talking about ministry, every area of life. Friend, I want to tell you, if Christianity for you becomes about rules and regulations and, and I've got to do this and I've got to be good and I can't show and I've got to pretend that sometimes I don't have a rough day, if, I, if Christianity becomes that, we're missing the point. Right. We're, we're missing the power in it. I said in the week one, I, I said the experience of Pentecost was profoundly personal. It is, it's profoundly, the experience of Pentecost was profoundly personal. But I want to say this today. The experience of Pentecost, although it was and is personal, absolutely, it was never meant to be private. Personal, yes, it was never, I think I'll preach to these, it was never meant to be private. Personal, yes. Private, no. See, Pentecost was not just to be God doing a work in us. It is plain to see from the scripture, he desires to do a work through us, through you. Not just people who have been to Bible college, not just people who are professionals, but, but through everyday normal human beings like you and I. Although some people debate whether I'm normal. <laughs> he wants to do a work not just in us, but through us. And so I've got to say today, and I hope you hear my heart in the midst of it, uh, the Holy Spirit, we've got to understand, is not just for warm fuzzies. Although I love warm fuzzies. The Holy Spirit is not just for, in our meetings to feel something. We've got to understand it. It is, but it isn't. It's not just for warm fuzzies. And I need to say that because I, 
I do believe that many Christians, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that's how they perceive His function. That's how they perceive His, his role, his, the function and role of the Holy Spirit. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, I don't want you to get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me here today. I, I, I do believe that the Holy Spirit, when He touches people's lives personally, he, he certainly does some very interesting things. He, he, when he touches people's lives pers- personally, he, he, he does some very and can do some very interesting, even strange, even outside the box, even weird things. I know that from one, personal experience. And two, from the reading of Scripture, from personal experience, I... I remember so clearly the night I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I'd been a Christian, I don't know, a couple of weeks, and my life had radically turned around, radically turned around, like night and day. The grass was greener, the sky was bluer. Everything just just new. If you talk about a newness of creation, the old had gone, the new had come. My language had changed. Ask my mother. I used to say a lot of F words. And then I changed overnight. I still said F words, but there were faith and, 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 and these kind of words. Yes. And oh, how I needed it. We, it changed me over, overnight. I remember them saying, hey, we just, we, I was in, I think, number 40 Rewise Street. And I was sitting on a couch and the guys who had, who had been involved in bringing me to the law, they said, hey, we just want to take a moment and pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They weren't pastors. They, weren't, they were just Christians who believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, go for it. I didn't even know what that was. And so they prayed. And, and, and you know, you've got to understand from, from my background, I'd come out of a drug uh, uh, background, and so I knew what it was to get high. But I want to tell you, I went to a whole new level on that uh, moment. When... when, 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 when the Holy Spirit touched me and filled me. I'd never experienced anything like that before. And I don't know how, it, you know, we say, the only words I can use maybe is zap, when he zapped me. And I just remember just being literally like I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. And it went on, I don't know, more than an hour. I just, God zapped me. And so I've experienced that I've not just seen it for me. And I'm not saying that happens to everyone. I'm just telling you that happened to me. And, and I, I have seen it happen to others as well. I, I remember uh, in our house, I became friends when we were living in India with a, 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 pa- a Palestinian Muslim man named Fawaz. And I remember just day after day, we would share and meet and talk about faith and talk about the gospel. And then one day, Fawaz came to me, sat in my home, and he said, Adam, he said, I want to tell you, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. That's a big thing for a Muslim person. I believe Jesus died on the cross. That's a confession of faith right there. And as he did that, I said, Fawaz, let me pray. I said, Fawaz, let me pray for you. Because if you know me, I just copy accents pretty quick. (laughs) Let me pray for you. And I prayed for him in that moment. And I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost 
touched him. And how do I know it touched him? Because I'd finished. He hadn't. <laughs> he was in the chair. I don't know how long. It was a long time. But I knew the Holy Spirit touched him because after a while his glasses were down like this. Holy Spirit does some strange things sometimes. I've seen the Holy Spirit touch people in church meetings like this. I remember when we were talking about now the subship training school, we were talking about the Holy Spirit and and and, and we were actually went out on a practical experience thing and we went to a church and I remember one of our students, his name was I am thus, Indian chap, and uh, so he'd never prayed for people before and and so anyway he'd come up on and, and people came up lined up to get prayed for and as he prayed for this one particular person that person fell down and so he'd never seen that before but I fell down just Holy Spirit just and fell down and then he's like in the name of Jesus get up (laughs) (laughs) so I've seen all types the Holy Spirit do all types of things I've seen people cry I've seen people shake a little. I've seen people shake a lot. That's personal experience. But of course, even in the reading of the, uh, the scripture, when the Holy Spirit showed up at Pentecost, some strange stuff happened. Uh, number one, there came a sound from heaven. I, I, I woke up with the sound of an earthquake in the, in the morning today. I don't know whether you felt that. There was a little earthquake. Oh, and some of you went, don't get distracted now. Stay on track. <laughs> but there came a sound from heaven. Sound st- there was a sound from heaven. It was not normal. Number two, there, there appeared to them as tongues as of fire. That's not normal, people. Number three, they got really, really loud. And then they got so loud, in fact, that a large crowd gathered. They were making so much noise. Number four, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God enabled them. They began to speak in other tongues, even in other languages that people could understand. How was that person able to speak that language? They began to speak in other tongues. That is not normal, people. Number five, people who heard them and saw them thought they were drunk. It was so strange that they actually thought they were drunk. And what do drunk people act like? And of course, you're all good church people. None of you would know. Okay. But what do drunk people do? They're they're rowdy, they're wobbly, they're silly, they're uncoordinated. And however they're acting, they thought they were drunk. Now, of course, I have Christians who say, and I get it, I I get it. Hey, we we don't need tongues. We don't need... You know, that kind of Holy Spirit stuff in the church. We don't want to be strange. We don't want to be weird. And I get it. Because let's just keep it normal. Let's just be normal. And, and I get that. I, I, I understand that. But when you, but before you just throw it out and before you just think, oh, no, we shouldn't ever, you know, like that's just too weird or too, too strange. And I get it. But when you stop and think, when you actually stop and think about all the other strange things that are in the Bible, like a virgin birth, a talking snake, a chatting donkey, a fish swallowing a man, choirs of angels, 
appearing, a flood that covers the earth, and then animals turning up two by two to catch a ride on his boat walking on water, and dead people coming to life. I, I don't know if tongues even makes the top 10 of strange things in the Bible. Can I hear an amen? I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know. And all I'm saying today is don't get twisted around all this stuff. Some of us, if you get so twisted, we're gonna hurt every, we, we, we know in part. So again, the experience of Pentecost is profoundly, a profoundly personal one and that he touches our lives in a very real and living way. But all I'm saying here today is don't limit him to that. Don't limit the Holy Spirit to warm fuzzies. Don't limit to the Holy Spirit to something that happens in a meeting. Don't limit the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a part of it, but that's not it. Understand, understand here today that Pentecost went from private to public, from personal to public real fast. Real fast. It was obvious from Pentecost that the Holy Spirit didn't just want to shake us. He wanted to shake the world. It wasn't about just shaking us. He wanted to shake the world. Remember the Holy Spirit, I said this a couple of years ago, that the Holy Spirit fills us not just to fall down, but to fire up. It's not just so we can fall down the meeting. It's so we can get the fire of God and accomplish that which God is calling us to. The Holy Spirit fills us not just to fall down, but to fire up. We're filled so we can follow him. Jesus said, you will receive power. You will. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Remember, God did not simply save us from something. He saved us for something. We receive power for a purpose. We are not just saved from sin. We are saved for a purpose. And that purpose is so plainly written here that we might be his witnesses. That we might be, that you might be his witnesses, that our lives, that your life would, would testify. Is that working or is I got to, well, let's have it, Joel. One, two. One, two. So remember, God did not simply save us from something. He saved us for something. We receive power with purpose. And that purpose is that we might be his witnesses, that our life and your life would testify and be a testimony to the world of the good news Yo, Matt, come on, give it up for Matt right there. They don't call him Miracle Matt for nothing. Just take a deep breath now, Joel. Calm down. He's like, I can see him at the back, like, help me, Jesus. So 
Sometimes I think the sound guys do that on purpose just to show how much power they have. I mean, I just, yeah, I'm just like, okay, you better be careful what you say. No, they do an amazing job. Come on, give it up for our sound people. And let's throw in the light people and all the multimedia people too, so Oof, we're learning how to do all this stuff. See, we were called to be his witnesses. And I want to tell you, it's not a part-time activity. Witnessing is not a spare time activity. A.T. Pearson said this, witnessing is the whole work for the whole church, for the whole age. I'll say it again. Witnessing is the whole work for the whole church, for the whole age. It is not a spare time activity. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, said, our secrets are for sharing. I want to tell you, the gospel is not to be something that is preserved like the crown jewels that we lock away in our Christian storehouse. It is something to be spread. Vance Havner said, this, the gospel is not a secret to be hoarded, but a story to be heralded. And we've got to understand that witnessing is, is not a human enterprise. It's a divine operation. Right. See, the Holy Spirit changes us so we can change the world. It changes me and you so we can change the world. Our Christian faith was never meant to be something that was just personal and private. See, after the Holy Spirit came, Peter preached publicly and powerfully. 3,000 people were added to the church that day. 3,000 people said yes to the message of the gospel. If you are a follower of Christ, I want to tell you today, you are a witness whether you like it or not. The question really is, what type of witness are you? You are the Bible, people will, will read. You are the light, people will see. I want to tell you today, church, your life is not lived in a vacuum. Every post you post, every like you like, your language, your work ethic, your attitude, your actions, what you do and what you don't do. I, I want to tell you, it's just how it is. Whether we like it or not. Every step you take, every move you make, that'll make a good song. <laughs> People will be watching you. Got a nice ring to it. Every single one of us are witnesses. D.L. Moody said this. He said the Christian is the world's Bible and some need revising. Come on. Some need revising. Not here, but definitely in the other services. Come on. One of my favorite quotes, you've heard me say it many times, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? See, Augustine said this, what we live, we impart. What you live, you impart. What are you imparting? People hang around you for, what, what do you impart? Well, my faith is a private thing, Pastor. No, no, you represent, yo. You represent. 
You represent the Messiah's message and ministry every day. I don't know how you represent it, but you represent it. You and I are ambassadors of his message and of his kingdom. Uh, What's the message? Oh, it's a message that needs to be heard. 2 Corinthians tells us he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Oh, and if now more than any other time, I want to tell you, do we need a message of reconciliation? He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, my friends. You represent, you, you, your, your ministry is to be one that brings reconciliation when there is so much wanting to bring division into our world, so much wanting to break up, so wanting to separate, so much. I want to tell you, you've got to understand that your ministry is, is to be one of reconciliation. Preachers preaching. That should be your ministry. That is your ministry. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16. So so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. I want to tell you, too many Christians are just doing whatever the world wants to do. Just going with the flow. Stop and think about what you're doing. I don't know where there's a scripture somewhere in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's all good. But it talks about how the fact that Jesus had preached to a crowd and then he, he told his disciples, get in the boat and leave the crowd and go to the other side. Friend, if you want to get to where Jesus wants to take you, you've got to leave the crowd. You've got to leave the crowd. It's difficult to leave the crowd because you've got friends in the crowd and you've got buddies in the crowd and you want to be liked by the crowd. But I want to tell you, if you want to get to the other side, you've got to leave the crowd. Just regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And it says all this is from God, meaning there's nothing we can do about it. Our salvation, like I was saying in the beginning, there's nothing we can do to earn God's favor. God has done it for us. That's what we're a part of. We can't get into heaven by our own goodness. All this is from God. Listen, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave you, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. If you're here today and you go, I don't know what my ministry is. Here it is. What's my ministry, Pastor? Here it is. You have a ministry of reconciliation. Whatever you're posting, whatever you're doing, whatever you're looking at, is that bringing people towards reconciliation? Or is it peeling away things for division? We're meant to have a ministry. We're not meant to be doing what the world does. We're meant to have a ministry of reconciliation. You know, as a pastor now, I get so nervous. It's just crazy. To post anything or to say anything, get someone right to the church. They might be watching now asking us, what's our opinion on this issue or that issue? Going, I want to come to your church. What's your opinion? I don't know. Are they a reporter writing? You know, 20 years ago, I could write whatever I want because free country, right? No one took it personally. But now I've got to think about, I've got to hire someone to make a statement. 
We've got to be so careful. We are not, we've got to understand this is a free country. This is not North Korea. Come on. But I want to tell you, it's getting more and more difficult because if you don't toe the line and group think and all this kind of, kind of stuff where, friend, I want to tell you, my, our ministry is reconciliation. Stop trying to divide. Reconcile people. Bring healing. We're, 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 he comes with healing in his wings. Of course there's bad stuff that goes on. Of course there's bad. This isn't in my notes. Of course there's bad stuff that goes on. But, but again, we're to be the answer to that. We're to be a light in the darkness. Not adding to it. He gave us a ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And he was committed to, oh my goodness, not counting people. Man, are people counting people's sins against them? Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message. He's committed it to you. The message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's what we should be doing, friend. That's what should be our work. Come on, somebody give Jesus some praise. And that's what we should be doing. As followers of Christ in everything we do, we should be going, uh, doing from a heart of helping others be reconciled first to God. And as people get reconciled to God, then they will reconcile with one, one another. That's our ministry. That's our message. That's our mandate. Listen, when, when, when please, Christian, understand. When you give your life to Christ, when you said yes to Jesus, that was not the end. That was just the beginning. That was not, well, I've done that. Now I've got a ticket into heaven. Now that was just the beginning of your ministry. That was not the end. That was not the culmination. That was the beginning of your faith journey. You have a job to do. You are the CEO of Reconciliation Ministries. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter who you are. You are there. You have a job to do. To help a lost world be reconciled. To help. Divided people be reconciled. That's your ministry. It's our job. Yeah, and, and what I'm saying today is that your Christ life was never meant to be private and personal. Just me and Jesus. My friend Anon said, the highest form of selfless, selfishness is that of a person who is content to go to heaven alone. Just me and Jesus. Now you're the CEO of Reconciliation Ministries, my friend. You and I got a job to do, but here's the... Here's the good news. The good news is the Holy Spirit will give you the power to do it. You don't have to do it on your own. The Holy Spirit will empower you to do it. That's why He came. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You receive power with a purpose. And that purpose is that you might be a witness. That you and we would be his witnesses. And here's the thing, we don't always get it right. 
you haven't stuffed up last week, you'll stuff up next week. We don't always get it right, but here's the good news. We're not witnesses to ourselves. We're witnesses to the glory of a great and mighty God who has saved us and pulled us out of the pit. Come on, somebody give him some praise in the house. That's who we are witnesses. We're not telling people how good we are. We're telling people how good he is. Someone said this, and I close with this, the real mark of a saint is that they make it easier for others to believe in God. That's what I want my life to be. That's what I hope you want your life to be, that as we live it out with all of our faults and failures, that somehow the way that we live would make it easier, not harder, for people to believe in God. I pray that's your story. I pray that's your, your testimony. That's your message and that's your ministry. If you haven't thought about that, that maybe you've grabbed that today and they're leaving this place going, man, I've got to do and live a little different. So I pray that that's our story, that's our testimony, our message and ministry for our lives and for not just now, but for the days to come because Lord knows the world needs it. Are you here today and you are not reconciled to God? Are you here today and you've not given your life to Jesus? You've not said yes to Him? With every head bowed and every eye closed, or even if you're watching online, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you know you need to get right with God today. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that says yes to Jesus. It's just the start. It's not the, like I said, it's not the, the be all and end all. It's just a, it's a moment in time where we're saying, God, I, I need to be reconciled to you. I need to get right with you. Maybe this is your first time at church. Maybe you've been coming here for years, but you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've known what it is to know Him, but you've let your faith slip. And you know today you need to get right with God. You've been living. You've become aware. It's, I'm just not that good. I need Jesus today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you're saying, Pastor, would you include me in the prayer that you're going to pray? Because I need to get right with God today. If that's you, and you want to be included in the prayer, I'm going to pray. Would you just put your hand up wherever you're sitting and say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. Anyone else? You know you need to get right. Thank you down the back. There anyone else? Come on, nice and high. Thank you down the back. There anyone else? You know you need to get right with Jesus today. Okay, slip those hands down. Anybody else who didn't put their hand up, but they know they should have put their hand up. Come on, just slip their hand up now. You know you need to get right with him. Don't mess around anymore. Come on. Since there's one more person, who, I don't know who it is. Come on, listen, wherever you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I turn from my sin turn towards you. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. This I ask in Jesus' name.
Amen. If you pray that prayer today, know that you're born again.